Hello, and welcome to Stories We Can Tell. I'm Jim McGinnis. Greetings from the back porch. You know, I couldn't help paying attention to the recent words and actions of our new governor. He seems intent on revitalizing and restoring Florida, and we are hopeful of his sincerity. Governor DeSantis appears to know true north, and we're cautiously optimistic that he can wade through the political quagmire to get there. I'm thrilled to hear of a new environmental policy and his stand against the debacle known as common core education reforms turn my head. In fact, today's episode is a dialogue on that subject. Francis Quinn knows a little about education. Hope you like it. Hurricane was chugging up the coast toward Hatteras. Central Florida was about to escape yet another storm, but the tropical breeze brought on by its passing was welcomed by all. Francis Quinn headed outside. The school year was about to begin, and Quinn had a ton of work to do, but much of his week had been eaten up with meetings about things he knew or cared little about. When he came to the bench, he was happy to see that the surrounding area was still neatly landscaped. His old friend's name was engraved on the back. Quinn brought no lunch with him, just a cup of tea. He was going to make it a point this year to take better care of himself. As he sat, his sister's favorite Bible verse came to his mind from St. Paul. Fight the good fight, Quinn said out loud. And it was a fight to maintain any kind of learning environment whatsoever. Common Core had lowered the bar and dulled the edges of public education. Quinn was weary of breaking the rules just to create an excitement in his classroom. He had grown tired of being the contrarian. His lower back ached a bit from the work he'd done on the roof the past weekend, but it was nothing he couldn't handle. He just sat and sipped his tea tried to think good thoughts. Well, there you are, Quinn heard a familiar voice. You need to start answering your phone, Quinn, the young woman said with a hint of irritation in her voice. I've been looking all over for you. Good afternoon, Miss Richardson, Quinn answered. It's good to see you. Can you sit a while? We'll talk of things that make us smile. No, Quinn, it's too damn hot. Jody Richardson seemed a bit flustered. My mom has Stella. I have a lunch date after my doctor's appointment, so I thought I'd come see you. Lunch date, Quinn interrupted. Who with? None of your business, she replied, half hiding a smile. Ah, that's what I like to hear. Anyway, I thought I'd drop by, but your classroom is dark. Well, here I am, Quinn said cheerfully. You of all people should know where to find me on a day like this. Have a seat. Jody looked around at the Crotons in Bougainvillea. Again, he asked her if she had time to sit, and again she protested, and then complied. It had been a long summer. Tell me about this lunch. Jody seemed to pretend not to hear Quinn's question. She opened up her purse and handed him a framed picture of her daughter, Stella. 
Well, thank you, Miss Richardson. Thank you. The old Floridian beamed. I've got just a place for this. She asked Quinn about his summer, and he told her about his roof project and the trip to North Carolina. When a few minutes ago, she seemed tense, Jody now seemed completely at ease. Before the conversation went in another direction, though, she told him about Stella's christening. I'd like you to be her godfather. Quinn was noticeably moved. Don't you think it should be a younger man? Again, she seemed not to hear him. A week from Sunday, Quinn, 11 o'clock mass, don't be late. Father Carl will lose his mind. Quinn kept his smile. After some small talk about kids and dogs and houses, the conversation drifted to Jody's frustrations with an outline, an online course she was taking where she had to demonstrate her ability to, quote, promote expectations and beliefs that optimize motivation, unquote, as if it was something measurable. Good on you, lass. Quinn crossed his arms and spoke of Hitchens' warning that the very act of trying to measure something can actually alter the measurement. She just looked at him, then she vented some more. Didn't you have a lunch date, he said, smirking. Don't rush me, Captain. It's all good. How are you, by the way? Well, you know me, making for the trades on the outside. Sometimes I get the impression that people around here think I live a life of conflict and confrontation that I'm constantly at war. Well, aren't you? I mean, why did you think I came down here in the first place? Jody smiled, lightly slapping him on the thigh. And last time I checked, you're the one who keeps your distance. Hmm, not sure about that, said Quinn. But I don't think I'm real complicated. Just because I don't take any shit, that doesn't mean I'm not happy. If I didn't stand up, I'd be selling out can't do that. Jody fumbled through her purse for a slip of yellow paper and handed it to Quinn. It read, every new adjustment is a crisis in self-esteem. Eric Hoffer, he said. She smiled, said, yeah, I thought of you when I found it. Quinn held on to the slip of paper for a moment, gently rubbing it with his thumbs. So you think I oppose school reforms for the wrong reason. I think maybe you're feeling insulted because you're being told to change, she said. Don't trip my trigger on this, Jody, he cautioned. I'll go off on some crazy diatribe that you don't want to hear about the denaturing of teaching. He tried to steer her clear, but she just waded in. Denaturing, Jody asked. Something about that word doesn't sound right. Quinn bit into an apple. Denature, she read from her phone. To take away or alter the natural qualities of. He smiled. Look up deadfall. Deadfall? A tangled mass of fallen trees and brush. How about identikit, he asked. 
what? Jody stared and then checked the definition. I'll save you some time. Identical teaching, that's what they want. Quinn made quotation marks in the air. Created by putting together many different features that we have in common with little or no individual character. I don't follow, she said. Common core, Jody. Cookie cutter reforms resulting in the creation of all things unremarkable. Unexceptional people, ideas, unexceptional things, teachers, and students exactly the same as all the others and not the least bit original. Jody squirmed. You don't think teachers can be original anymore? Well, you can try, but good luck. Every facet of authenticity is under attack, Quinn ranted. To maintain any sense of individualism, you have to break the rules, and the kids don't know what to make of you. They think you're a nut because you're different. And the rest of the staff, they think you're an uncaring asshole. Jody crossed her arms. Look, I've had some sharp kids, Quinn said. Bright, individualistic, free-thinking. Some of them were sons and daughters of my bosses. But how can such students thrive in such an environment? Remember those days in elementary school when kids were overflowing with curiosity? What happened? Standardization, that's what happened. Answering his own question. And how in the hell can kids who aren't bright and curious develop in that atmosphere? Common core, one size fits all. You make a blanket policy because it's easy for politicians and bureaucrats and administrators to market and promote to an unknowing public. And dare I say, enforce the ultimate standardization. That's not the intent, Quinn. Yeah, it may not be the intent, Jody, but that's certainly the result. Educators and administrators endorse teaching methods and standards that address the 3% who are incompetent, whether it's intentional or not. Quinn raved on. The result is these requirements are sucking us dry. We spend hours covering our asses. Quinn noticed his voice was getting really loud. We're even coached on using the right catchphrases in our self-assessments and professional growth plans. That's not collaboration to me. It's... So where do we go from here? Interrupted Jody. Quinn finally caught himself and smiled. Sorry for the rant. You got me going. No, where do we go from here? She said again. Well, we're not talking about dogs on the beach, Jody. I have no idea what that means, she said, raising her hands. She stared at the side of his face. Oh my, I think I need a drink. Jody took a long tug off her water bottle. So what changed? How do we get to this identical teaching? Hot lunch program, Quinn answered quickly. Excuse me? This is where Quinn was known to go off the reservation. On the outside, as he liked to say as he kicked in to history teacher mode. Yeah, during the Depression, FDR's administration thought every kid should get at least one nourishing meal, since there was a good chance they weren't getting it at home. Sounds like a good idea, Jody said. Yeah, it was, he continued, but it didn't stop at lunch. 
Remember, this is public education driven by politics. Steadily through the years, public schools have become the surrogate parent. Anything perceived as lacking in the home became the responsibility of teachers. Hot lunch culture. Today we'll start off with a nice warm bowl of self-esteem and later on we'll have some civility and manners. You bring sarcasm to a new level, she said. Well, thank you. It's always been like this, Jody said. We've always been struggling to do our jobs in the face of every social problem that faces society. Violence, drugs, poverty, bad parenting, no parenting. You're right, said Quinn. And Jody, we love helping kids any way we can. But the problem is public education has evolved into this conduit through which government believes it can fix any domestic issue that rears its head. By assuming that role, it ends up taking on actual education problems with the same approach. One size fits all, cures all, fixes all. Orwellian. Common core initiatives cut through the system like chemotherapy, taking the good with the bad. Tough analogy, Quinn, Jody said, cringing. Yeah, and beware of the high priest if you if you question their dogma. Oh, I get it. You're an infidel. Quinn laughed, but there was a touch of sadness. I hear over and over again from former students, said Quinn, that they don't use what they learn in college or high school for that matter. That's because more often than not, the teacher's approach and the student's expectations are both about proficiency. As soon as you use that word, as soon as it comes up, you know it's about training and not learning. Quinn stroked his beard. Remember Fareed Zakaria? He said that we need to let students roam freely through various subjects, and that allows them to make sense of the world. Quinn, I thought you said that. Free-ranging, right? More like freewheeling, he said, chuckling. Look, I just went Dylan on you. Quinn finished his tea and set aside his cup. You know, Jody, everything we've learned is absorbed into our being. Everything I've read, seen, heard, or thought is mixed up into this magnificent welter. Quinn told her how Jefferson opposed strict copyright laws. He worried that if someone is so obsessed with having an original thought or unique approach just to stand on its own for its own sake, he may just unwittingly jump off the shoulders on which he stands. At the root of every teacher must be his own learning. Know your song well before you start singing. Woo, she said, fanning herself. Building the broader strengths helps students learn to think for themselves. Jody had pulled out her phone while Quinn was talking. When he paused, she read the, out loud the definition of welter, a state of wild disorder, a chaotic mass or jumble. Quinn absentmindedly picked up his empty cup and then sat it down again. And this is why I feel like my best lessons are the accidental ones, she asked. 
times when I either strayed from the script or decided just to wing it? Absolutely, said Gwen, slapping his thigh. Improvisation, that's when teaching happens. The core of discovery. Pardon, she said, looking a bit confused. Welcome aboard, Quinn said. You're headed up the Missouri River with Lewis and Clark. You know what direction you're going, but you have no idea what's around the next bend. Jody looked at her watch. The best navigational instrument you have in your classroom is still your knowledge, Jody. Dead reckoning. It all comes back to the teacher's knowledge and love for it. Again, Jody read from her phone. Dead reckoning. Establishing one's position using the distance and direction already traveled. Dead reckoning, she repeated. Quinn sat back with folded arms. I gotta go, Quinn, she said, rising from the bench.